Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 162, Argument for the Existence of God, Episode 9, is entitled, That Which Self-Exists. Life, intelligence, or consciousness self-exist, or there is no explanation for the existence of God. We were all self-existing intelligences with the potential of becoming gods. That is the only reason God created us in His image and in His likeness, and gave us a divine nature and made us co-inheritors with Christ. What other explanation could there be? Something cannot come from nothing must be an absolute, unchangeable truth. Some things cannot have a first cause. As intelligence can increase, I suppose it could decrease. But it can never self-destruct. God made it possible for intelligence to increase as stated in Proverbs 4. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. In other words, He is the only one with the ability to help us to become like Him. That is the only reason he gave us laws. Those laws are eternal because God is eternal. Obedience to his laws is the only thing he requires of us. The verse following the above in Proverbs 4 is also revealing. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. We are moving either forward to greater light and truth or backward to greater darkness and deceit. In other words, we can increase in intelligence or decrease in intelligence. We can increase in light and truth or decrease in light and truth. It is our choice. The purpose of law is to help us to increase in intelligence. Obedience to law leads to greater truth. Disobedience to law leads to greater deceit. To increase in light and truth, we must stay on the path of light and truth. And what is that path? It is often referred to as the straight and narrow way. It means to keep all the commandments of God to the best of our ability as contained in the Holy Scriptures. There is no other path to eternal knowledge. God, as an intelligence, had the potential to become God. We, as children of God, are endowed with that same divine nature. It is a birthright that must be earned through obedience to law. For that reason alone, God organized the laws of eternal progression. The way is God's. The choice is ours, thus preserving agency. God has shown us the way, whether we take that path or not. God is the greatest intelligence of all. He put us, his spirit children, on that path of righteousness and eternal progression if we choose to follow it. Coming to earth to gain a physical body was a major step in that progression. Earth is a proving ground, a probationary state. Think of everything in an eternal perspective. Earth is a stopping-off place on that progression. Everything on earth that is made of mortal or reducible matter will self-destruct, even the earth itself. Again, I turn to Peter as found in 2 Peter 3. 
But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of men ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. But everything on earth that is made of spiritual matter, such as our spirit body, which is made in the image of God, will live after the death of our body. It is the spirit, not the body, that contains intelligence. It is the spirit, not the body, that lives forever. The spirit cannot die, just as our intelligence cannot die. In other words, there is no first cause to life or consciousness or intelligence. It self-exists, else where did God come from? Where did we come from? Where did life come from? The scientific fiction of accident, luck, coincidence, or serendipity of surroundings do not answer for the existence of you. You are a wonder of the universe. Any attempt to estimate your importance is to underestimate your importance. Christ himself said the least will be the greatest. Life can never be explained by science as we know it. Until we combine the temporal with the spiritual, we can never know God. You may ask the question, why is God good and why is Satan evil? God is good because he perfectly obeys all laws. Satan is evil because he consciously disobeys all laws. God alone is a creator. Satan is a destroyer. God represents law and order. Satan represents chaos and disorder. Satan may promise many things, but the only thing he can deliver is misery, captivity, spiritual death, and chaos. Only God can deliver freedom, joy, and eternal life with him. Only good leads to eternal progression. Only evil leads to eternal captivity. Punishment of God is referred to in the scripture sometimes as fire and brimstone. Remember that after death you are immortal, and fire as we know it will have no effect on you at all. The temporal cannot govern the spiritual. However, knowledge of sin in the face of perfect justice will be worse than fire and brimstone. A guilty conscience in the presence of God would be like fire. However, because of the grace of Christ, those who repent in this life will not have to face punishment. Those who do not repent will have to answer to the law of justice. But even for them, unless they are sons of perdition, there is an end to punishment. Once the law of justice is satisfied, the gates of hell will be opened. 
That is what John meant when he recorded in Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Think of damnation not as fire and brimstone, for that defines the intensity of guilt. Think of damnation in the literal sense of the word, the restriction of eternal progression in an eternity of existence. Obedience to law opens the way to eternal progression in the kingdom of God. Sin closes the door to eternal progression. Only those who live with God in his kingdom will have access to eternal progression. They are the only ones who shall be like him, for they shall see him as he is. Those who live in a lesser heaven, as spoken of by Paul, though they will have joy beyond imagination, will not be in the presence of God. They will be angels of God, forever banned from the eternal presence of God. That is what John means when he said, They were judged every man according to their works. God is good by necessity. Obedience to the laws of God is the only way we can live with God. If nothing else, life on earth should teach us the difference between good and evil. All evil is direct violation of the laws of God, because all of the laws of God lead to freedom. Violation of law leads to death and destruction. The temporal is a crystal ball to the spiritual. The purpose of the temporal world is to give flesh to good and evil, making all of us prophets. But only if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Good is the only path to freedom, temporal freedom and eternal freedom. Evil is the only path to captivity. On earth it is temporal captivity. In death it is spiritual captivity. By denying God, or the supernatural, an intelligent design, and relying only on temporal law, science has closed out all other options. If you accept the hardcore evolutionist point of view, which I do not, to quote Richard Dawkins from his book The God Delusion, natural selection works because it is a cumulative, one-way street to improvement. If such a statement were true, then it is exceptionally strange that evolutionists even question the existence of God. According to their theory, God or many gods would be the natural byproduct of evolution. It would be just a matter of time. To be generous, still following Mr. Dawkins' logic, let's say that at this stage in the evolutionary process, man, a product of evolution, is the highest form of intelligence. Assuming that man will not blow himself up, eventually, say in a billion years from now, even Einstein would be considered ignorant compared to the intelligences of the future. And according to the theory of evolution, that natural selection works because it is a cumulative one-way street to improvement. How many billions of years would it take to create a universe peopled only by gods? For that matter, how do we know that it hasn't happened already, and we are the creations of such an omniscient being? By denying God, Mr. Dawkins and other evolutionists are denying their own philosophy. In other words, they do not believe their own theories, though they want us to believe them. I believe in evolution as far as it is governed by law. 
but I definitely do not believe that natural selection works because it is a cumulative one-way street to improvement. Evolution depends upon death, and death is the end of all mortal things. What part of evolution can give us immortality? Evolution cannot even explain how the prokaryotic cell evolved into the eukaryotic cell. It is foolish to think that the theory of evolution is anything more than it appears to be. Survival of the fittest, a mortal law important to species, but ends in death. Even science agrees that in their philosophy, everything ends in a giant heat death. Considering that, look again at Mr. Dawkins' purpose statement in The God Delusion. Quote, if this book works as I intend, religious readers who open it will be atheists when they put it down, unquote. Considering his primary premise that evolution is a one-way street to improvement, wouldn't it be more logical for Mr. Dawkins to write, if this book works as I intend, atheists who open it will be theists when they put it down? God organized law and law governs everything. Through intelligent design, God used law to bring order out of chaos. For that reason, though Christians accept the temporal views of science, they reject many of the philosophical views of science. Because law brought order out of chaos, there never will be a giant heat death, because law is greater than chaos. The most that can happen to matter and energy is that, if allowed by law, creation can return to its original irreducible state. However, the law of creation can at any time organize chaos and return everything back to an orderly state. Christians claim that both a spiritual world and a temporal world exist. The spiritual world is made of spiritual matter, which, though invisible to mortal eyes, is governed by spiritual laws. It is, by law, irreducible. And entropy has no place and no power in the spiritual sphere because spiritual laws do not allow it. Order always exists in the spiritual spheres. Only in the temporal spheres is entropy allowed to take its course, making order go to disorder, because only in the temporal spheres are matter and energy reducible. In the temporal world, we only have the illusion of immortality. The past, the present, and the future merge into the ever-evolving present. Everything is tethered to time. The past is kept alive through language memory, monuments, and fossils, etc. The future is kept alive through logic, law, and the principle of causality. However, everything occurs in the never-ending, never-beginning present. Because in a mortal world, where matter and energy are reducible, we live in a constant state of becoming. Christ, the Creator, using the law of creation and the power of God, did an amazing thing. First, all laws are independent in the sphere where they are assigned. Second, speaking of earth as a sphere, man is independent in the sphere where he resides. If that were not true, life would have no purpose, existence would have no meaning, and free will would have no way of expressing itself. Third, Christ, who alone has all truth, gave us his commandments so that we could become like him. Although science teaches us about mortal laws, science does not understand spiritual laws or the full law of creation. Obeying spiritual laws is the faster way to truth than obeying temporal laws, though both are necessary to life, liberty, and happiness. The purpose of temporal laws is to give us experience 
so that we can discover the meaning of spiritual laws for ourselves. One cannot understand all truth through science. If we study science, we will advance our freedom in this world. But if we keep the commandments of God, we will advance in agency, in truth, in light, until we know everything and have all freedom here and in the world to come. Let me again quote the proverb discussed previously. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 Agency depends upon the independence of law and our ability to act for ourselves. Otherwise, judgment would not be just. The omniscience of God means that He knows everything. He has all intelligence, all light, all knowledge, and all truth. Being omniscient, he is omnipotent, meaning he has all power. God cannot learn anything. Man, however, comes to earth with a veil of forgetfulness drawn over his mind. He must learn everything from the beginning. The purpose of the journey is to help us gain knowledge by obedience to law. Facts may be learned, but wisdom, understanding, and comprehension come only through experience. Fourth, following our earthly experience, Christ made it possible for mortal man to become immortal by combining the immortal spirit to the eternal elements. It is called the resurrection. Everything we learn here, we will carry with us in the resurrection. We will be preserved, perfected, and protected by the laws we obey. It was the plan from the beginning. Fifth, we choose the quality of our resurrection through the laws of God we obey and the light and truth we are willing to receive. Otherwise, we are no better than robots. The spirit of man was already immortal, made in the image of God. It was placed in a physical body in a mortal world to give man a mortal experience. That experience, however, was intended to be cut short by death. It was never intended to be permanent. Built into the law of creation were both temporal laws and spiritual laws. Temporal laws govern mortality, and spiritual laws govern immortality. The natural man and the spiritual man are at war with each other. It is according to the law of opposites. The soul of man is composed both of body and spirit. Spiritual laws are more powerful and make it possible through the resurrection to bring the spirit and body back together in an immortal state never to be separated again. Where God dwells, there is no entropy, no death, and no change. There is only light. Science has shown that all matter and energy are immortal because they cannot be created or destroyed. However, science tethered entirely to time, entropy, and mortality cannot comprehend immortality because math cannot measure infinity. Because God is infinite, he understands infinity. It poses no problem. Because life and consciousness self-exist, life too is always in an infinite state. We are infinite intelligences having a finite experience. We are irreducible creatures of infinity. And when death releases us from mortality, we will wear infinity like an old familiar sweater. Those who allow the clouded views of science to corrupt their faith in God 
need to take the veil off their painted eyes and look to heaven. We can learn a lot from the caterpillar and the butterfly. In the next podcast, I shall deal with the two greatest laws of the universe, the law of justice and the law of mercy, in which I describe the necessity of Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.